All right, let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time you've given us to be able to understand what it means uh, to take up faith in regards to protecting us from the flaming darts of the evil one. So I pray, Father, that as I uh, give insight and revelation and, and utilize my exegetical ability to break this text down, that will help these young people see what they have access to in warfare. And so we appreciate that your Holy Spirit will govern this time that we have. But most importantly, we're going to transition to utilize that authority that we have. Right now, with the authority has been given to me. I come against every demonic spirit, every spell, every curse, anything that may be trying to come against myself, my family, or these young people. Your plots and schemes will not prosper against them, and evidence of that will be evident throughout this week. And Father, we turn our attention back to you. We thank you, Lord, for that authority, and we execute it in it as we navigate uh, warfare free. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. So for the last few weeks, maybe a couple of months, maybe three months or so, we've been talking about spiritual warfare. And I know that's a topic that a lot of people may gloss over because it's one of those things. Like, oh, that's for the seasoned saints. No, it's for all saints. Right. And so when you go into um, an arena, um, you have a side. When you go into an arena, either you with team A or you with team B. And in this life, as soon as you was born into this world, you had to pick a side, especially when the gospel was presented to you. And now when you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, automatically you have an enemy. That's why everyone who received Christ, they begin to say, well, when I was in the world, I didn't face this much resistance. Now that I'm following God, there's a lot of resistance. Or if you're a stagnant Christian, you may not feel much resistance. But if you are a believer that's endeavoring, to grow in the things of God, best believe there's warfare. And the word of God gives us practical ways <clears throat> that we're able to withstand uh, uh, warfare. Now, we're, we're talking about faith at this point, probably two more weeks or so and we'll be done. But verse 16 says, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. So let's do a quick recap. Let's define what faith is. Uh, faith as a noun is the allegiance to duty, or a person, belief and trust in and loyalty to God. It also, as a noun, means firm belief in something for which there is no proof. Uh, it also means complete trust. It also means something that is believed, especially with strong conviction. But uh, faith as a verb means to trust or believe. Another paragraph says faith can be defined as a deep, not a shallow, and unwavering trust in God's promises and a strong belief in his power to protect, guide, and deliver us from spiritual warfare and challenges. It is the shield that guards us against doubt, fear, and the schemes of the enemy, allowing us to stand firm in our convictions and walk confidently in our spiritual journey. But I want to also break down what we talked about in verse 16. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, faith as a shield. Uh, what did we say last week about having faith in all circumstances? Anything you remember from that or anything that you want to add to it in regards to why is it important for us to have faith in all circumstances? You said there's nothing God can't do. Nothing God can't handle, nothing that God can't do good. Why is it important to have faith in all circumstances? Yeah. You go ahead. Constant awareness, good. Yes, Chester. Um, 
Good, good. So we see that each and every one of us in this room is in a circumstance. Whether it's a broken home, whether it's a breakup from a relationship, some of us are in poverty, some of us are struggling with the prosperities of family where you feel neglected but you're provided for. There's a lot of circumstances in this room. And it's very important that you have solidified your faith in God to the point to where your faith permeates beyond you. It says here, in all circumstances, this verse emphasized that faith should be a constant, unwavering aspect of our lives, not just in specific situations, but in all circumstances. There's a verse that alludes to this. What does it say? Count it all what? When you face what? Of various kinds, knowing what? That the testing of your faith produces what? Patience. And when patience has had its perfect work, you'll be what? Whole and lacking in nothing. Why do you think it's hard for us to have joy or for us to have faith in circumstances? Why is it difficult? And give me an example of a circumstance where it's difficult to have that faith solidified. Yes. Okay. Um, I would probably say maybe in the sense of like healing. Mm -hmm. Waiting for something to be manifested. You sit there and you have to kind of like fight with your inner self if you don't see a result. Yeah. Like I'll use myself personally, okay? Mm -hmm. I had a back injury last year, mm -hmm. right? I think it was from living or whatever. Um, and it still is in the process of healing. But every time I go to dance, every time I go to lift, do whatever I have to do when I'm working out, it flares up. That's just it. But I know I'm healed, right? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of walking in that faith of, okay, yeah, the pain is still there. Yeah, it hurts. But guess what? I still trust that God's going to heal me completely, and I'm not going to feel the pain anymore. That's good. Now, what works must support that faith holistically? Holistically? Mm-hmm. Making sure I'm doing what I got to do. So, like, you know, in the physical, okay, maybe I'm not going to go and lift 150. Like I'm working, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, like, you know, spiritually, also just making sure I'm built up and I understand where I'm at and I'm not, like, comparing myself or even getting in situations where I become stressed out, which puts more... Um, stress on your body and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, it, it's kind of like a mind, body, spirit type thing. You it is. Hit all three points in order to ensure that you stay centered in your faith. I think that's what a lot of people are missing. I think when it comes to the faith culture, everyone believes that I just have to have faith. But what is faith? Faith means that I'm putting work into it. The Bible didn't say that faith alone proves salvation. Your works proves that you have faith. Now. On average, I don't know what the average weight of a shield weighs, but does a shield weigh nothing? No. Now, if I'm weak physically, can I lift a heavy shield? No. So that means I have to do some work to ensure that I'm strong enough to hold that shield. Now, faith is heavy. In order for you to have a faith that is significant enough to activate things that you desire, you have to be solidified and strong enough to hold that faith. So if you have the faith to believe that you can go D1, can you, can you really go D1 just by saying you have faith to go D1? What type of weight that you have to lift in order to manage that weight of that faith? Because faith is not a theory. Faith is not anything that's just happenstance. The Bible says it's the substance of things hoped for. The evidence has the substance weigh. Substance has weight, right? Now, depending on the substance of the thing that you're waiting for, you have to have the weight for. 
And most people, they just think that I can walk around this house three times. I can name it and claim it. I can decree and declare. But you have no disciplines in here. How can you decree and declare something, but you don't have the fortitude or the discipline to actually sustain that faith? Because people look at success and they say, I have the faith to get success. But do you have the faith to keep success? People don't understand that success comes with a burden. See, when you go to college and you play D1, it's a different burden. When you get into entrepreneurship and you start a business, oh, it's great. You post online that your business started. You post online that your ministry started. Or you post online that you're pursuing your giftings. But do you know all that comes with it? Do you know how many years it takes for a business to take off? Do you know how long it takes for a career to really provide dividends for you to feel like it's worth to be in? Like when you begin to realize that these things come with a weight, then I got to work my faith. I got to build my faith muscle to actually believe and to actually behold. And so when you think about faith... People can say, I believe for financial prosperity. I believe in healing, but belief without being built up, you won't be able to sustain it. So faith has to be lifted. And so some of us, our shields are here, not because we don't see that we can have faith for a thing, but we don't know how to lift that shield. And most of us, we got to really get into the weight room of life and say, okay, what must I do? To match what I'm asking for. What must I have within my repertoire, my skill set, my mindset to ensure that I can handle what comes with this? So for every dream that you have, everything that you believe in for, you got to ask yourself, do I have what it takes to sustain it? So there are certain circumstances that God allows us to get in or be in so that we can become the person we need to be. Right. And so right now. You got to count it, Joey, and go through these circumstances because you know that a faith that hasn't been tested is a faith that can't be what? Trusted. There we go. There we go. I thought y'all been around me long enough. I probably didn't say that around y'all. I'll be on YouTube all the time. <clears throat> but a faith that hasn't been tested cannot be trusted. So, for instance, these little ping, 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 little flaming darts is hitting you right now. Those are from little demons. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? They just little darts. And how can we handle the bazookas and the, the artillery of the next level if we can't handle the devils on this level? So if we don't have faith to overcome uh, little small things. How can we have the faith to overcome big? That's why it says in all circumstances, we got to make sure that we lift up the shield of faith. So right now you got to say, if I'm going to be in this circumstance, let me let this circumstance develop me into the person I need to be. So that I can have what I desire to have. It says, take up the shield of faith. It says, faith is described as a shield, highlighting its role in protecting us. <clears throat> Excuse me, just as a physical shield guards against attacks, faith guards us against the spiritual attacks and challenges we face. Now, how does the breastplate and the shield of faith work together spiritually? Why does the breastplate need the shield of faith in order to be effective in warfare? Yes. Uh, I would say the shield is like the first line of defense. Mm -hmm. The second one. Yep. Uh, in order to, like you said, in order, in order to have the shield, you have to have the breastplate and the way because it protects your heart. Your heart is where it comes from in the first place. Um, if you infiltrate the shield, then it's easy to infiltrate the heart because that means you're not built up enough. And Good. There's no wall to stop. So we need a wall before we get to all. Right.
But if I don't have faith now, for instance, when you walk into a room and the demons in the room know that you don't really have faith, like like people can fake it. People can really walk in in a situation and they can feel like they they have the faith. But people who are seasoned know if a person really is built for it. And so when you think about your life right now, you got to begin to say, okay, how does the spiritual world perceive my faith level on a scale of one to ten? What's my faith like? In the life that I'm living. So the levels. Which one hurts more? Something that hits my shield or something that hits my heart? Heart. So that means I have to have a barrier in between. So now, can you really have success if you don't believe that you can be successful what it is that you're walking into? So that means your faith has to be an extension of you. So all of us have great ideas and great aspirations in our heart. But if we don't have nothing that extends beyond that, we won't be able to play our part in life. And so we got to start thinking about, I'll be done maybe 10 minutes. We got to start thinking about the extension of us, the strength in us. Because if I can't lift my faith and be able to believe that I can be successful, then I won't be. I want three people to tell me what it is that they want to truly be successful in or successful at. Photography and why? So if you love doing someone else, you about to say family, wouldn't you? Uh, oh my bad, you gonna uh, say family? Uh, no. Listening. Listening. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. 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 Anybody else? Something that you want to be absolutely successful in. <clears throat> One last person. Yes. Business. Business and why? Mm-hmm. You master that, you master everything. That's good. So let's go to photography. You took pictures on Friday, right? You walked into an not an arena, but you walked into a football field, right? How many people was there? A lot of people. Um, how many people wanted pictures? Almost whole team. Now, could you really fulfill the assignment of photography for that football team? If your hands are shaking, why? Now, could you have made, I ain't gonna put your business out there, the money that you made? If you in the car with your mom, you say, Mom, take me home. I, I don't wanna, you got there, you spent gas to get there, now you in the parking lot. <clears throat> The offensive lineman who wanted his picture, the quarterback who wanted his picture, like, hey, you coming? And you nervous in the car. Would you be successful? So faith halfway can't get you the whole way. Now, for instance, listening. Now, why did you say listening? And in what field of expertise do you want to use your listening skills at elite level? I actually like just helping family life. You don't know what some of your family members go through. So counselor, just being there, just being a good listener. Now, if you didn't believe, if you didn't have faith that God listened to you, could you really be a good listener? Because you have to learn listening from who? God, right? So we see business. Okay, well, I'll break it down. Um, Could you really, even though God has placed entrepreneurship in you, multi-billion dollar potential business inside of you, 
You see the vision. Every night you lay on your bed, you look at your ceiling, you see you in your suit. We see you in the front. You, you walk like a businesswoman. You see what I'm saying? You, you, the business aura is all over you. But you on the outside of a potential million, multi-million dollar contract, but you don't even walk into that boardroom. Why? Hold on, what am I trying to say? Huh? Business. But how did I break y'all's down? Oh, would you really have success if you're sitting out that poor room? Would you have success? Why? Because if you don't take the opportunity, mm. then it's never going to happen. You know, mm. and, and it's stupid, but it's, it's very cliche, but like, you know, it's what um, a lot of coaches say. You win some, you lose some. It's how you play the game. It's, how you play that, it's literally how you play the game. That's Let me tell you something about God. I heard a preacher say, did God ever make a table? Did God ever make a table? Did God ever, and I'm adding this point to it, did God ever create a building? What did he create? Humans, the ideas, and the what? The resources. So we see God only gives you the opportunity, not the object of the opportunity. People want the object of the opportunity, but they don't know, they're not ready for the opportunity. So when you think about God, most people are waiting for God to drop a multi-million dollar idea or for God to drop a, 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 a coaching program or a therapist, a therapy uh, facility in your lap. Or people are, are, are expecting God, I'm not saying you, you all, but people are expecting people to create this multi-level business of photography and, and videography. But, but God is saying, I'm giving you opportunity. I'm not going to give you the object. Why would God, why doesn't God give us the object? Why? Huh? Not ready? What else? For, in my house, what I'm going to do with my children is this. In order for them to earn whatever they want for whatever they want from me, they have to read. They have to, they have to do something that builds themselves up personally. Like, like if they want me to invest in whatever they want me to invest in, they have to give me a business plan. They have to put some work and equity in it. Why? If I create a, a, a culture in my home where my children get whatever they want, whenever they want it, it's going to cripple them. But if they work for it, I'm not sitting there saying they got to work for a meal. Hear what I'm saying? We're talking about like, yo, if you want a bike for Christmas, you know what I'm saying? I'm joking. Christmas is, I don't know what, I, I ain't even tell my wife about this, so I better talk to her first. Yeah, yeah I better talk to her first. She's going to be like, because my wife is going to break this whole thing down. No, get her a bike. No, fam. Let her read a book and a half. Because what I want to teach her is life doesn't give you anything. You have to go after everything. Because people view God that way. And we live in a Christian culture where all we got to do is believe it. And then we'll receive it, but we haven't achieved anything. And so what I want you guys to think about when it comes to faith is saying, okay, I first want to cultivate the actual belief that I actually can. Now I got to cultivate the actual disciplines that makes me the person able to handle it. Because do you know what kind of strength you have to have to lift up the shields that comes against photographers, that comes against business owners, that comes against listeners? Let me ask this question. What are some darts that could possibly come after you in photography? 
What are some internal, external, relational, anything that you feel can come against you that can destroy your dreams? Darts. Well, using the metaphor of flaming darts at any evil one. And I'm using that as, an out, as a metaphor to paint a picture that things might shoot at you to get at you. What are some of those things? People. How can people destroy as a flaming dart from the evil one in those evil people to sabotage what you want to do? Yeah, just anybody. What, what, would they, what could they say that you have to have a strength enough to lift that shield to block that flaming dart? <clears throat> what could a person say that could really just destroy your dream? Think about it. Please, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you could tell that someone can. Do you know people? So now, even though a person and you could chime in if you if you want to is attacking you with those flaming darts, how can faith in God and faith that you've been called to that extinguish that flaming dart? That's right. Bless you. Criticism is everywhere. And so even in photography, even in whatever it is, people are going to criticize you. I remember when I was doing my videos on YouTube, when I first started, like I had my own thoughts. It wasn't even flaming darts from other people because it was admirable that someone young, that's a young preacher, goes, they, they support you in the beginning. But the issue is when you're in the middle. The issue is when you're out here and it feels like you in the wilderness of your of your of your idea. And it's at that point that you got to begin to say, I got to remind myself of who called me. I have to remind myself who chose me. If not, you're going to crumble. See, the devil, a flaming dart is not just aimed to kill you, to kill your dream, to kill your goals. What does fire typically do in a dry area? It engulfs everything. Now, what could all be engulfed? If a person doesn't have the faith to block that dart coming at them with photography, business or whatever it is that you guys are endeavoring to pursue. Right now, I have to protect. I got to have such strong faith in my marriage. That no matter what DM, no matter what woman comes my way, I got to have strength enough that God putting me and my wife together because at any moment that I entertain a thought that oh let's say if me and my wife are going through a frustrating period or we're going through a tough circumstance or a trial and I start getting into my head that man maybe I married the wrong one what happens I lower my faith I lower my shield now what happens when the devil sees that uh, Josh or Mr. Ezzy's uh, shield is low see let me tell you something the enemy don't stop shooting just because no 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 when I got married they shot more because women who are fickle, they'll look at 
a, a man that's taking it, like, he must have qualities for her. And what makes it even worse is the type of woman I married. So when they see, oh, he can pull her. Now they saying, okay, I'm going to shoot. Now, the one thing about me, they don't really shoot directly. They shoot indirectly. They'll shoot in ways to see. That's why I have to stay with my faith showed up because if, if I allow that dark to get through, what burns up? My legacy. Now, what happens if, you know, I come in here and, and I didn't know y'all found out and I've been cheating on my wife for months and I, I walk in this room about to preach a message and then someone be like, mm. you ain't check. They be like, Mr. Ez, you ain't check your, you ain't check your Instagram? What you mean? Your mistress just posted a picture of you and her. And, and how would that? How how would that flame? Listen, how would that flaming dart burn, uh, burn our relationship? My nephew, when I talked to Chris today, me and Chris are gonna work on some business stuff, and I talked to Chris, and if he finds out that I'm not faithful, it's gonna burn that up. It's gonna burn Abigail up. It's going to burn my Shantae up. It's going to burn mom. Now I can't get no cornbread no more. Now I can't go. I can't go to the house and get unlimited cornbread, unlimited, whatever I want. Now my wife is burnt up. And then now I got to watch somebody earn her. Like, like so you got to think about that. You got to have your shield of faith up because at any given time, he's going to shoot something that's going to burn up. Your legacy. But before, but, but before he burns up your legacy, what does he burn up first? Mm -mm. What, what does he do? What does he burn up? What is he after first? Mm -mm, mm -mm. Your relationship with God. You, you, Ahmad, I tell you, man, you're you going to sit here one day, bro. How much time... Listen, how much time that should have been given to God was burnt up? If I can get to your time with God, if I can burn up your prayer time, if I can burn up the pages of the word of God to keep it from burning inside of your heart, if I can burn that up and you start losing faith in God and then putting more faith in yourself. Do you know your shield of faith is a little tiny shield? Those little tiny shields. Imagine you just put up this little tiny shield. Would that stop anything? A little tiny shield about that big. My faith in myself, but my faith in God. The Bible says he surrounds you with favor like a shield. The one thing about God's shield is that you can walk anywhere in life and be favored. For instance, how, do, how are you going to be favored to take pictures at a school you don't even go to? How can you be favored to get exercise, get uh, opportunities to exer, uh, exercise your gift in this establishment or whatever? What, what about the favor for you to even be within proximity of someone like myself that can help you? That's favor. Favor protects. That's why we have to say, OK, God, I got to make sure that I build myself up spiritually so that I can hold that faith that you have for me to block all the flaming darts. Of them. Now, what am I saying? You got to make sure that your faith is strong. Because at any given moment of your life, the enemy's going to shoot something fiery at your life that's aiming to burn up your whole life. Sleeping with that one person going to burn up your whole. And how many people, they may not, have, may not have had a child, 
They may not have had whatever, but five, seven years was burnt up because of the soul tie. How many people's years are being burnt up and legacies are being burnt up and their names are being burnt up off a lack of faith that God can keep? You know what's the greatest miracle? Some of the best stories in these testimonies, they always get the people on their feet. You know, the testimonies like, yeah, man, I did drugs for 20 years and, and, and Jesus saved my soul. I was out here on these stripping poles. I was out here doing all this stuff, but Jesus saved me. I was out here. We hear all those stories. And they sound great, right? But what about the miracle of being kept the whole time? What about those people that withstood the whole time? Those stories are the best stories. So what areas of your life, and we'll do part three tomorrow. Y'all all right? Not tomorrow, I said tomorrow. Well, me and you tomorrow, Mike. But, um. Y'all going to get this, what we're going to talk about tomorrow, next Sunday. But what I'm going to try to do is to get you guys to understand today, to analyze what part of you lacks faith. Where do you lack strength and faith? Because I'm telling you, the enemy is waiting for you to put your shield down. Because if you put your shield down, all I got to do is get it through your heart and tear your life apart. Any thoughts, comments, questions? Everybody's good? All right, we're done.